Urban Meyer went out there and actually said that Michigan was going to struggle against Nebraska. You'd think you'd feel a little foolish. Michigan didn't struggle against Nebraska. Michigan did very well against Nebraska. 45-7. to Game wasn't even that close. Heck of a game by the Wolverines. Complete domination from beginning to end. Looking more like what we expected to. We're going to talk about it on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines. Your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Sunday. We are back and doing it. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. No, I am not doing a car show like I said I was going to because my mount broke. Or it didn't break, it just didn't work. But after making the long tre- trek back from Nebraska, don't say I don't care about you guys. I'm here doing the Sunday show as promised. Just wasn't in the car. But uh, maybe we'll figure that out later. I'd, or maybe maybe it'll just be whenever I get home or, you know, maybe before I leave, depending on how long the trip is. Anyway, uh, enough about the logistics. Michigan beat Nebraska 45-7. to Let's talk about it. It was a complete and utter domination from start to finish. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous in every way. Um, it, the fact that Nebraska had seven points is kind of an anomaly going up against Michigan. There were a couple starters out there. I mean, Rod Moore didn't start. He was a reserve in this game. But it was like Rod Moore and Will Johnson were out there uh, still. But otherwise, it was like second, third, and fourth stringers that were out there, literally, on the touchdown. So, game wasn't even that close. I mean, from the, from the jump, right, from the opening kick, Michigan absolutely, absolutely thoroughly dominated that game. Just absolutely destroyed them in every which way. Um, opening drive, uh, just moved the ball down the field like nothing with one of the most spectacular catches we've seen so far this year in college football by Roman Wilson. I didn't really see it because I I was snapping away. I'm sure you, well, if you look on YouTube, uh, that's certainly the picture I'm using for this. Um, but uh, when little inside thing here. If I sit there and hold the shutter down, so it's like, you know, the, you know, type of thing, I don't actually get to see anything. So it makes it like a little difficult when you're trying to like gauge what's going on, right? Like you're, I sit, I try to selectively like, you know, and then you know, you're getting something. So I had no idea what I was even capturing at that moment, but heck of a play by Roman Wilson interception by Kenneth Grant. Michigan has apparently made it a thing. Busy hands, right? They knew that that Heinrich Harburg had a low release, and you just saw play after play where someone got a hand in there. Braden McGregor got it in on that first one. Kenneth Grant's the recipient. Uh, clearly, I, I had a bad uh, bad view of it because I thought he, he just kind of stood there once he got it, and turns out he did try to move it forward. He was just surrounded by people. So I made a fool of myself in front of Kenneth Grant. Austin Fox does not listen to this podcast, but if he did, man, he would just be so happy to hear that I said that I made a fool of myself. Because um, when he was at, uh, no, never mind, inside joke there. But uh, heck of an amazing uh, performance. I mean, went from there right to the next touchdown. Kalel Mullings just rumbles through on a fourth and one. Gets 20-something yards. I think he surprised even himself with that. I don't think he even knew he was going to score out as he, as he got it. And it, it was on, right? Ne- Nebraska drove the field. Seemed like they were going to be able to cut it a little bit. 
Michigan stops them down in their own, in Michigan's end, down near the red zone, in the red zone. I don't remember exactly. And then turnover on downs. Michigan moves the ball right back, scores an scores another one. Right, that's just what they did. It was it was exactly the type of stuff that we thought we were going to see in weeks one through three. How much does that mean, Jim Harbaugh? His return affects the team that much. I think quite a bit. And I think the fun part is, is when I did the preview show, pretty much everything happened that I said was going to happen. Right down to the, hey, Nebraska theoretically, and again, we talked about if you watch or listen to this show, you knew that Nebraska, they were playing teams that were not running teams anyway. But with all the talk, oh, heck of a, heck of a run defense. Certainly they were able to run, you know, had a rushing offense. Michigan just shut both down. And Michigan said, we're going to run the ball against what's considered to be the best run defense in the country. Again, you knew that was a little bit of a paper tiger if you've been watching or listening to this show. But they did exactly that, right? And I asked Jim Harbaugh, I said, what does it mean when you get to take away the thing that a, a team is known for? They did it to Penn State last year. So that's, that's what they did. They, they go out there and they take the will out of a team. And that's what they did in this one. I thought some of the late game stuff by Matt Rule was kind of ridiculous, right? Um, again, I, actually, quick aside, th- big thanks to Steve and Amy to let, letting me stay at their house. Uh, and and uh, we, uh, we went to church this morning. That was wonderful, and I had an amazing time. But Steve brought up last night, he's like, how, how, I was so mad about Matt Rule. Like him, him putting the, having to pull starters back out there for the onside kick. And yeah, that, that was a Bush League move. I thought it was also a Bush League move to continue to have the first team offense out there trying to move the ball when Michigan's trying to end the game. Now, Michigan shouldn't have passed the ball on fourth and whatever. They should have tried to run it and then they could have kneeled it and the game would have been over. But instead, you had all these extra plays and you have the, the danger of injury and all of that kind of stuff. Now, those aren't the starters. You don't want the starters out there uh, for the hands team. That That's where it did get absolutely asinine and absolutely ridiculous but it was interesting also hearing what Matt Rule kind of said after the game because they really thought that it was going to kind of go maybe not quite as how Urban Meyer planned but remember I said this was the game that was circled on the calendar for Matt Rule it definitely was the problem was nothing that he had going worked none of it Michigan's like "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh Uh, Dikembe Mutombo, right? That's what what they were like about it. Uh, I mean, just firing on all on all fa- in all phases, even to the point where uh, Tyler Morris. I, I didn't really see that 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 play. I was on the literal other end of the field, and I kind of watched the replay. But I mean, the ball bounces, and he catches it in stride and runs for an extra however many yards. That's the type of day it was for Michigan. Just pure domination. Everything pretty much worked. Nothing pretty much didn't. And when you, it's the interesting thing of when you go to Memorial Stadium, it, and even in the daytime, right? Because I was there at night last time. You're there in the daytime. You you see ninety thousand plus people there. They're they're raucous. It's 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 a huge stadium, right? It, it feels it looks kind of similar in a lot of ways to Ohio Stadium, or Kinnick is like a mix between Ohio Stadium and Kinnick, uh, but it's uh it feels bigger even than Ohio Stadium. It just feels beyond massive. Ohio Stadium feels massive. This feels even bigger. And it's not, but it feels like it is. 
And so, like, you start feeling like, ooh, this might be a daunting task just because the home field advantage. And then Michigan just completely wipes the floor with them. I mean, it's it's just an amazing thing. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's continue talking about the game. I've got more thoughts, and I do want to get into the Urban Meyer stuff because I mean, he deserves some some ridiculousness for his comments. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do that in just a moment. Before we do, uh, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol can, provides a whole body health approach for men that approach uh, that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural science-backed ingredients. They're drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. So go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health, and it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's uh, men's hair growth supplements. So take the first step. The visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code Locked On College. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelt N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code Locked On College. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code Locked On College. I'll tell you what, the drive back is always harder than the drive to. Um, that's not the longest I've driven to get to a game, but it's the longest I've done for a single game. I drove to Atlanta for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in 2018. I just, I didn't feel like flying. Y'all know I've had issues with that until, uh, I mean, my, my Christian testimony is that I've always, you know, my, the name Isaiah, I was born in the early 80s. I mean, I was obviously raised a Christian. I always believed in God, but it was God spoke to me on a flight, said, you know, I did not give you the spirit of fear, and that's helped. So that was just this last earlier this year. But uh, 2018, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to drive. I just wanted a road trip. I'd do that every now and again. I did the same thing going into Minnesota in uh, 2020. I was like, I just want a road trip. You know, I could, I didn't even look at flights from Minnesota. I was just like, eh, I'm just going to drive it. I probably could have flown cheaper than I drove. Uh, and it's only like an hour and a half flight. So it's not even that big of a deal, but I was just like, I'm just not going to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, single game going there, such a breeze. And even though I had an extra two hours onto the whole thing, because I forgot my parking pass and had to go, uh, which is why you got the, the show in front of the Memorial Stadium uh, on Friday night. But uh, totally forgot my parking pass and uh, had to drive the hour past my hotel to get there and drive back and all of that. But driving back was uh, was painful. It was a, little, a lot less joyous driving back than it is driving there. It always is. Um, anyhow. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the stats just to kind of get into it. 
Uh, before we even do that, uh, and I'm not going into an ad, uh, I think it's important to note that, and I tweeted this out this morning, Roman Wilson leads all wide receivers, and he's tied for first, but still leads all wide receivers with eight touchdowns receiving. Blake Corum leads all running backs, also tied with someone else, with nine touchdowns. That is impressive. That is super, super, super impressive that Michigan's got the both the leading re- receiver with touchdowns and the the leading uh and the leading running back. So Roman Wilson is tied with Brian Thomas from LSU with eight. Um, Brian Thomas has thirty three receptions to Roman Wilson's nineteen. So that tells you a little bit. Roman averages three point eight catches a game to Brian Thomas's six point six. Uh, really kind of when you look at this list, I mean, Brendan Rice, you, you might remember was a Michigan target, went to Colorado, blasted, uh, Michigan state, all kinds of stuff. It was all kinds of fun. Uh, but he's at USC now. It's Jerry Rice's son. He he's, he's got 17 targets with seven touchdowns as a Jerwan Newton at Toledo. So pretty generally pretty good company. But it's it's it makes it even more fun when you start looking at like you start trying to look for uh you know, what's his face? Number eighteen down there at uh at that school that you all know. Having a hard time uh I, I know I gotta be skipping over him here. Here, let's just do it this way. Oh, there he's sixty first with three touchdowns. Seventeen receptions, three hundred and thirty six yards compared to nineteen for three twenty six. So Two more receptions for Roman, a few less yards, but a heck of a lot more touchdowns, which is the thing that matters more than anything else, right? So that's uh, that's that. And when you go to the rushing, Blake Corum, he is tied with two other people. He is tied with Rasheen Alley from Marshall and Marcus Carroll at Georgia State. Um, he's averaging, he's got less attempts than both. He's averaging more yards. Now Ray Davis at Kentucky has got one less, and he's uh, he's got a higher per average. Uh, it's got only two more carries and more yards, uh, but uh, nonetheless, pretty impressive that they're able to do that. Let's look at uh, Nicholas Singleton has got six. He's fifteenth in the country, and uh, what's his face here, uh, Travion Henderson, who has a higher per average, four games. Uh, but he's got five, and he's 25th in the country. So that is pretty amazing. Let's. Uh, I'm not going to look at the offensive stats overall. I don't think that matters. Well, let, mm, no. Let's, let's look at the scoring offense, just because I think that that's... So for all the talk of Ohio State and everything, right? Ohio State's back on track, you guys. I understand they played a tougher defense in, in Notre Dame, but they also had a 60-point game against... Uh, against Western Kentucky. Uh, They are 38th after their four games in the country, averaging 34.5 points per game. Michigan is 39th and called the dogs off in the the third quarter, midway through the third quarter for the first three games. Uh, Ohio State did not do that, so that's also a little bit of added fun. Michigan does have the top scoring defense in the country, just a, a tick above Ohio State, one versus number two, Penn State's number three. Michigan's allowing six points a game, has given up uh, the the starting defense, has given up a grand total of one touchdown and what, two field goals, I think, total? 
the two to Bowling Green and uh, the one touchdown to Rutgers. Those, that's the starting defense. But ultimately, they've given up 30 points total in five games. So that's really impressive. As far as total defense, uh, where is Michigan ranked? Number four in the country. Again, it's considering out of all of these games, they have not had the starting defense in the game really in the fourth quarter of any of the five games. Michigan's like that the Michigan gave up with the backup defense a good 150 yards or so to Nebraska, uh, but they're averaging uh, 245 yards allowed. So that is impressive. Now, Penn State is number one, allowing 210 so far. Um, does Penn State played anyone really impressive? I'm not sure, but that's what that is. I just think that's really interesting. Just interesting stuff there. Uh, I do want to also look really quickly at some of the stats just to kind of go through them. So Blake Corum managed 74 yards on 16 carries. Donovan Edwards had 48 on 14. I, I know in the second half or so, he didn't look as good. I thought he at least had a better first half, so that's good. Um, he he had a long of nine. Blake Corum had a long of 15. Still waiting to get in the end zone, uh, Donovan Edwards. is. You at least saw the backups doing a little bit better, too. Jack Tuttle went three for four. They scored a couple times with the backups, which is something they, they hadn't done yet all season. Roman Wilson led the receivers with four, uh, four receptions for 58 yards. Obviously, the two touchdowns. Cornelius Johnson uh, caught two of his three targets for 32 yards. Darius Clemens got two for uh, 29. And A.J. Barner got two for 26. Colston Loveland, who had a couple go through his hands, targeted three times, caught, caught one for 13. So anyway, that that's really that. Um, the defense certainly did a really good job in this one. Uh, not a ton of sacks, of course. They got, I mean, well, actually, they got four. It didn't seem like it had that much. <laughs> but uh, four sacks, that was all of the tackles for loss. Uh, you got two from Josiah Stewart, and then you got one each from Derek Moore and Braden McGregor. So impressive to see that they're starting to really kind of flex that against what was thought to be a good offensive line. But again, if you watch the show, listen to the show, you would know that the uh, What's his name? Taylor Corcoran. I mean, I, I, there was a, I, he went out on a play where he got absolutely manhandled, just bull rushed into oblivion. Uh, so it's uh, really impressive what they were able to do. All right, let's talk about Urban Meyer. His comments here in just a moment, because I think that that's, we got to touch on it. It's just, it's pure fun. Before we do that, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, then there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. Best thing is you can get paid instantly. That's my favorite thing about it. So, Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so Urban Meyer decided on Big Noon kickoff to go out there and kind of do the same thing he did twice last year that bit him in the you-know-what. Right, now let's 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 play a little uh, trip down memory lane here. Uh, Urban Meyer, before Penn State, said Michigan will not run the ball. They will. Penn State will stop the run. Michigan ran for 418 yards. Maybe a little bit off on that prediction. Then you get to the Ohio State game. They said the Wolverines will not be able to run the ball against Ohio State. 
Well, I don't remember the amount of yards, but Donovan Edwards is still running. That's probably why you haven't seen him. He's still running uh, when, when we're not seeing him. Like a bad joke, anyway. Um, he decided with the Nebraska, he said, I believe in Matt Rule. That's fine. That's fair. But he's like, you know, th- this one's going to be a close game. He, he put Michigan on upset alert. Um, all right, you deserve to eat some crow when you put a team on upset alert and say this one's going to be a close one. And then the team loses by 38 points, and it wasn't even that close. Like, at that point, like, you, you need your analyst card revoked, right? I mean, that's just embarrassing. Like, it, it's funny because Urban has certainly had his moments where he's given Michigan a lot of respect. Sometimes he's gone over and above, right? He called Joe Milton, Cam Newton, things like that of that nature. So it's not like he's only speaking ill of Michigan, but it seems like when it comes to trying to make these types of predictions on the day of games, he's got his Ohio state glasses on and can't see Michigan for what it is. I understand Michigan hasn't necessarily been as thoroughly dominant as they were, but if Michigan wanted to put up 45 points in any of the first three games, it certainly could have. They called the dogs off. Maybe not against Bowling Green because JJ McCarthy was an interception machine in that one, but at least in the other two, they could have put up 45 points. It's just not their style, right? I was trying to explain to my mom on the ride home. She was asking, "How's out? You know, how's Michigan? How did Michigan do? How's Ohio State doing this year?" And I was trying to explain to her, "It's listen. Michigan's really trying to score thirty-five points. That's what Michigan's trying to do. Anything above that is gravy. And there certainly are games like Rutgers twenty sixteen, where maybe they're going to try to score a little bit more out of some kind of spite. But." Generally, Michigan's trying to score 35 points, right? They're trying to get get a decent lead, a 28-ish point lead, and then, you know, four-score lead, and then they're going to be like, all right, let's pull the starters, and then whatever happens from here is what it is. That's generally how Jim Harbaugh is operated. Um, generally not leaving the starters in when you're up four scores. I mean, I think he did this week, but that was, I think it was just so early in the game at that point. But that is that is how they operate. Ohio State is trying to score 55 to 60 points every game. And that's why you, you saw last year, you, if you watched like Ohio State, Iowa, they're, they're up big, 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 big. And they've still got C.J. Stroud out there tossing late in the fourth quarter. Why? Perfect time to get Kyle McCord acclimated at that point. Because Ohio State is trying to prove, look at how good we are. Michigan's not trying to do that. They're just trying to win the game. Typical Michigan. And it's like Urban Meyer was fooled because he was part of that Ohio State. Right? We're just going to run up the score every every game. That's just what we're going to do. He get, got fooled by those first games. I, I, Steve told me a statistic yesterday, and I can't remember what it was. Um, but just like going back and you look at, like Michigan has beaten every team by an average of what? I mean, let's just go back to the CFB stats. I mean, just, just this is just the average, right? So Michigan scoring offense, 34.4. Michigan scoring defense, six. They're, they're beating teams by an average of 28 points. It doesn't matter that they're playing absolute cupcakes, right? Georgia's defense is allowing 13 on average, and Georgia's offense is scoring an average of, whoops, I'm on total offense, not the, not the right one. Uh, Georgia's offense is scoring an average of, wait for it, Wait for it. 39. So 24. 
I mean, that's obviously really good, but like what Michigan's doing is, is beyond impressive in, in just how they're going about their business. Just they've, they've clowned every team now, not even Georgia's clowned every team. There is a case to be made for Michigan to be the number one team in the country. I know Texas is the Navo one. They've gained ground on Michigan actually in the coaches poll at least, or maybe it was the AP. I'm not sure which one. But there is a case to be made that Michigan's the number one team in the country. Now, they haven't played any. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that, you know, th- that's necessarily meaningful in the sense of not like they played Penn State and that's where they're at. That said, last year they did a pretty good job against Penn State and Ohio State. But they've, they've gone out and done what they're supposed to do in the games that are in front of them. We'll see if it ends up mattering that much more later in October when Michigan, when they go to Michigan state. And then certainly in those last three games of the season. And if we're going to put anyone on upset alert, I'm going to put Ohio state on upset alert with Maryland. So there you go. All right. That's going to do it for us today. We will be back hopefully Monday if I can get my schedule sorted and everything. Uh, But uh, that will do it for this one. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace.